Well, welcome to CLCC Online. Today, we pray that this message draws you towards Jesus and strengthens your walk with Him. We as a church believe that we are meant to do life in community. So if you live in the Fraser Valley area, we would love to get you connected into our family. You can find everything you need at our website, clcc.ca. Enjoy. In 1983, Dr. Dan Keeley wrote a book called Peter Pan Syndrome, Men Who Have Never Grown Up. This doctor studied adult men who had trouble maturing and taking the next step in their lives. Now, I don't think this is just a male problem, but the idea that many people, they don't want to take responsibility of their lives. And just like Peter Pan, they don't want to grow up. They like the idea. I like the idea of living in my parents' basement and playing video games for the rest of their lives is... And I can do that as long as mom keeps bringing me the snacks and they refuse to take the next step. We know that in every area of our lives, there's always a next step. But sometimes we get hindered in taking that next step, whether it's in your education or, or in a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend or a, or a job. Or maybe as you look at your life, you see that your relationship with Jesus hasn't grown in years. Something has Stalls. Something is hindering you from getting to the next level. This whole series is to encourage you to take a next step within our church, taking your next step towards Jesus. In this series, we've been looking at the story of Saul as he bursts onto the pages of the New Testament. And we're looking at the different steps that he took. He knew what we know now. He had to keep growing. He had to be taking the next step. Now, there are different steps that we can identify, and we want you to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. We know that you can't stay in the place that you're in right now. We've been reading the history found in Acts 9 for this series. We're talking about this radical conversion of Saul, and we're looking at his story. We're seeing how he was invited onto the patio, into the living room, and through to the kitchen. Just in case you haven't been here in a few weeks, let me just catch you up. The person, this person, Saul, who ended up being Paul and ended up writing 13 books of the New Testament, shows up on the pages of the Bible named Saul. And at that time, if you were a believer in Jesus, you would have thought of him as not a very nice person. He was upset. He was upset about what he thought was this new sect of his religion. And he was running around the world, chasing down these followers of what they call the way. And he's trying to scare them. He's trying to set an example to a few to scare the crowds. He's trying to get them to return to his religion. And probably not just scare those who are following Jesus, but also scare those who might be looking to follow Jesus. A few weeks ago, we read about this radical transformation. Saul has this interaction with the risen Jesus. And to make a long story short, Saul went from destroying the church at the beginning of Acts chapter eight to now saying that Jesus is the son of God. Today, we're looking for you to take the next step and to get into the living room and having a living room experience. And just like in your house, 
The living room is a place where you get to know one another. You, you enjoy time together. The, the living room is a place where relationships really grow. Great conversations happen. Solid relationships are built. The living room is a place where there's this inter, interpersonal dynamic happening. It's a, it's a two-way street. You know, when Jesus was asked what the most important commandment was, you know, Jesus, there's 613 of these commandments. Which one should we pay attention to the most? This was a huge debate of the time, a huge debate among the rabbis of the time. Every rabbi had an opinion. And this is what Jesus said. The most important one, it's, it's this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus was telling those that day that a relationship with God was important. Loving God was important. But Jesus took it a step further and said, the way that you love God is shown by how you love others. If all you have is this vertical relationship with God, you're, you're missing out. You need a horizontal relationship as well. The, the, the way that you do this is being in relationship with those around you. This is the living room experience that we're talking about today. You learn to love God by loving your neighbors as yourself. Now, here at our church, we have many living room experiences, places where you can get to know one another, opportunity for, for someone to speak into your life and for you to speak in theirs. And the, the two big ones we have are life groups and weekend services. Now, we break down those small groups, those life groups into different experiences. You know, we have kids ministries and youth and adult ministries and legacy builders and so many others. But today, let's pick up our story in Acts chapter 9. This is after Saul had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus, after three days of darkness, after Ananias came and found him at the house on Street Street and prayed for him, and after he got a new insight into what God had for him. Now, as we read this passage, as we talk about this passage, take a mental note of the different living room experiences that Saul has. So let's pick up this story in Acts chapter 9, verse 19. Afterwards, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he is indeed the son of God. Now, I find this is an amazing transformation. It was just last week that this guy was breathing murderous threats. Now he's eating and sleeping in a believer of Jesus's house. So Saul was just trying to kill them. Now he's, he's sleeping in their house. <laughs> This is amazing how Saul's life had changed so quickly. It was only days ago that he was supposed to be in that very city, finding people who were spreading this message of Jesus around, but he was there to find them and eliminate them. He was there to keep them from spreading this message of Jesus, and now he's in the city. But his activities that he's involved in is very different than what was first planned. Saul has this radical change. He can't wait to share this change with people. He, he might even be thinking, I hope you can see what I see now. Let's keep reading in verse 21. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus's followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? <laughs> and of course, the answer is, yeah. That's him. 
For those of us who grew up in church, we've read or heard this story dozens of times. Most of us know the story of how Saul became the Apostle Paul. This is where he started speaking of Jesus and planting churches all around the world. We read this and understand this from this side of history. But for the people in the first century, this would have been an amazing change. I I can only imagine that this would have been in the news for days. This would have been talking about in every conversation. No matter whether you follow Jesus or followed the law, they, they probably say, did you hear that the guy who used to hunt the people from the way is is now explaining how Jesus changed his life. (laughs) Saul did a full 180. From looking for people who were following Jesus to talking to those who didn't know him, trying to convince them to follow Jesus. Now, I'm sure that led to a bit of confusion and more of this will come up in what Luke writes. Verse 22, Saul's preaching became more and more powerful. Now, I'm sure this happened over many days or weeks or months. And the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his points that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Now, Saul had always been a great communicator. Saul was a Pharisee, and they would be raised with having great debates and conversations about the nuances of their belief system. You know, taking apart different phrases and talking and debating through them. Saul was already an expert in the Hebrew scriptures. Some even think that he had the whole Old Testament memorized. Yeah, I said he memorized the whole thing, Genesis through Malachi, word for word. I don't know about you, but I have trouble memorizing phone numbers. (laughs) But Paul and Saul may have memorized the whole Hebrew scriptures. He knew it well. And just remember, it was only a few days ago, Saul was taking the Old Testament and using it to tell people that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. And now he's using the very same scriptures and coming to a much different conclusion. Well, let's keep reading. Verse 23. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. (laughs) After a while, I wonder if they thought this might just be a phase that Saul was going through. Maybe, maybe, Maybe he hit his head when that bright light came on, and maybe the old Saul will come back. But when it looked like he wouldn't, when it looked like he was going to keep this message that Jesus was the Messiah, the attitude of those who were on the old team changed. Verse 24, they were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they could murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. This is so amazing that Luke includes this. To me, this doesn't sound like a Bible story. This sounds like a script from a gangster movie. You know, One group of people plotted to kill Saul. They had hired a hitman named Bugsy to just sit outside the city gates to get ready to kill him. You know, they want to give Saul a pair of cement shoes, give him an offer he can't refuse. For those who think that the Bible is boring, maybe they haven't read this story. In essence, Saul had switched teams. He was against Jesus. Now he is for him. The people who Saul would have called him friends now want him dead. Saul was the hunter. Now he's, he's facing the same treatment that he just dispensed just a few weeks ago. Let's keep reading in verse 25. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the wall. <laughs> Saul was in trouble, but he had people in his life. He, in this new living room experience, he had people in his life who helped him out. 
Saul's st- Saul stepped into the living room and, and, and helped him out. And in turn, he helped more people out that, than we could ever imagine. Now, as we're reading that, did you see the contact with others that in the living room experience that Saul had with different people? These people who helped him become the person he really is famous for being. Did you see the living room experiences in this story? You know, just in the, shoe, in the few verses we read today, we see a few. We see where he got to know others. We, we see where they were allowed to make a difference in his life and he made a difference in theirs. Saul ate with them. He stayed with them and he began to teach them and preach to them. Saul's life was better because he took a step. He took a step into the living room. His life changed because he had interaction with other people. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is you need other people in your life. You need to belong in a living room. Now we have proof here in this story that his life was better. We see Saul have the disciples in Damascus taking care of him. We have the people who told him about the plot to kill him. Then in verse 24, we have some believers lowering him in a basket through a hole in the wall. His friends protected Saul from those who wanted to kill him. Just think think about this for a minute. Think about these friends who held the ropes to that basket and what they meant to the history of the church. These unnamed friends in a living room experience with Saul. If there were no friends, there wouldn't, have been, there, there wouldn't have been any of the missionary journeys that Paul would end up taking. No living room friends, no 13 letters written by Paul to the churches around the Mediterranean Rim. There's a great passage that talks about how we need each other. And it's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. This is what it says. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Two are better than one. Saul knew this. Can you imagine what would have become of Saul if he had not gotten his two in his life? If he had not taken the next step and gotten into the living room? So maybe this year, your next step is to get into one of our living room environments to belong. Now, a few ideas that I've picked up about just living this living room experience. Now, the first thing is the living room experience is a two-way street. You saw this give and take. You saw people feeding Saul and letting Saul stay in their home when he needed a friend. But you also saw Saul using his gifts and giving back, using his gifts as an amazing speaker, convincing people of the truth. In a living room experience, there's always this give and take. So, so just don't think that you being here is a living room experience. It's, it's a half an experience. This is, this is why if you come to one of our physical locations, we have, we have a lobby, we have a cafe, we have koinonia. These are to facilitate you to build that relationship with one another. <laughs> this is why we don't kick you out of our building when you come as soon as our services are over. Maybe a, maybe a good way to explain this is that you don't attend a living room experience, you belong to a living room experience. You don't attend it, you belong If you come to one of our weekend services and you don't have more of a conversation than a high, 
you're only getting half of the living room. So before you log out today and maybe you check out other websites as you get off YouTube, let me give you three steps for you to belong in a living room environment. This first thing that I want, I want you to be is, is be available. Being available is half the battle, isn't it? You might think you don't have the time for this, but everyone is busy and everyone fills up their lives with activities that are important to them. But you schedule what is important, don't you? If this is important to you, get it in your calendar first. Like my mom used to say, if you want a friend, give them money. No, she didn't say that. If you want a friend, be a friend. I know that it takes time. Even with Paul's celebrity, Paul made good friends everywhere he went. He bonded with people every, every city he traveled to. You just have to read the end of his books and the end of his letters and see the list of names that he connected with and the lives that he impacted. So don't wait for, for someone to make the first move. You, you ask someone out for coffee. You engage with that person in the Koinonia lineup. You find out what life group might be available to you. You go first. You give into a relationship first and see what comes back to you. So be available. The second thing that I'll encourage you with today is be patient. There is something that bonded Saul and his new friends fast. But don't expect someone to come after your life because you've come to our church. (laughs) Having someone hunt you down to kill you might make you bond quickly with others. (laughs) But you might, not want to be, you might not want to be willing to pay that price to get friends fast. So be patient. Good friendships rarely happen that quickly. We want you in a living room environment, but you have to be patient. I've seen so many people try a group or a church and they just try for a few weeks and they leave. They say they didn't connect. They didn't have a spark with anyone. But this is going to take work. You're not going to bond in a few weeks. A study showed from Psychology Today that it took 50 hours of interaction to move from acquaintance to casual friend. 90 hours to move from casual friend to friend. So if you're going to a small group for two hours every two weeks, it's going to take more than two weeks to see you click. So commit to something. Engage in a living room experience. Half the battle is just showing up. So be available. The third step for you to belong is to be a servant. But you know what? We're talking about that next week. So you're going to have to come back next week to hear about how you can be a servant. We were all created with this desire to connect, to be known, to be accepted, to belong somewhere. Now, we know that the very best place for you to do this isn't alone. It's in a living room experience. So on this weekend, where we're here to kick off all our ministries, how are you going to belong? How are you going to belong to a living room experience? Now, you might think the price is too high and you won't do that. But what are you missing? What are you missing if you don't get in one? What would have Saul missed if he had not belonged to a living room experience? What life? What life are you going to change just because you take the next step and you get into a living room. Take that next step and get into a living room experience. Now, if you're interested in getting into a living room experience, check out what we might have for you. You can do that online. Go to our website, clcc.ca connect. 
and look at the many living room experiences that we have available for you. Let me pray for you today. Father, so grateful for Saul. So grateful that he got into this living room experience. Lord, we know that our world is, is, feels alone these days. God, I know that one of the ways that we can fight that loneliness is to get other people around us. Help us to, help us to be patient. Help us, help us to be persistent in just finding those people around us who are going to pray for us, who are going to love us, and that we can do the same. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 20 and 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a fantastic week. Take the next step and get in the living room. Well, thanks for joining us. If you are looking to get connected, we are one church in multiple locations. Our Aldergrove campus meets at Aldergrove Community Secondary School at 10.30, and our Abbotsford campus has three services at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 on Sundays. We would love to see you at one of our in-person gatherings. And if you would like to financially support us at CLCC, you can always give at clcc.ca slash give. Have a great week.